Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is boundaries. Sometimes life and people seem to push and push. Because we are so used to pain, we may tell ourselves it doesn't hurt. Because we are so used to people controlling and manipulating us, we may tell ourselves there is something wrong with us. Oh, wow, um, yeah, I, I, I see this a lot. You know, this addiction to familiarity and this like control of things that aren't even that prosperous, you know, that are kind of just what I wouldn't even say mediocre, but like arbitrary. And uh, it reminds me of Gay Hendricks book, The Big Leap, where people have set points for their behavior. And then, you know, if it gets too high or too low, then it has that focus. And I guess what I'm really realizing is the co consistency, the commitment, you know, things like, you know, I. I, uh, in researching for a podcast interview, one of the things I heard, um, it was Sherry Huber um, for my other podcast, Unconventional Thinkers. And she said basically that, um, you know, aware, Buddhists never take a day off because, you know, awareness is just something that you have to practice every day. And I think that's the thing is practice a different way of living. It, it reminds me of the ACA steps. Uh, it's okay to live another way. Back to the reading. There's nothing wrong with this. Life is pushing and hurting to get our attention. Sometimes the pain and pushing are pointing toward a lesson. The lesson may be that we've become too controlling. Or maybe we're being pushed to our own power to take care of ourselves. The issue is boundaries. If something or somebody is pushing us to our limit, that's exactly what's happening. We're being pushed to our limits. We can be grateful for the lesson that's here to help us explore and set our boundaries. Today, I will give myself permission to set the limits I want and need to set in my life. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is self-love. This was actually a word that I didn't even know, and I just, uh, you know, I think we all have to define what self-love is. Um, you know, for me, it might be making amends to me in step nine, moving to a place that I want, um, and really spending on areas that actually matter to me. Which, you know, I guess the first, uh, the first, uh, the first part is like, you know, get a spending plan. Back to the reading. I woke up this morning and I had a hard time for a while, said one recovering man. Then I realized it was because I wasn't liking myself very much. Recovering people often say, I just don't like myself. When will I start liking myself? Wow. Uh, yeah, and I, I had an incident, you know, at work where I had something stolen, I just felt irresponsible and I uh, was beating myself up. And someone said, well, beating yourself up is actually not gonna make things better. Building yourself up unconditionally will. And again, I think going back to the first reading, this has to do with, um, you know, living a different way. And that's an ACA affirmation. It's okay to live another way. Back to the reading. The answer is start now. We can learn to be gentle, loving, and nurturing with ourselves one day at a time. Of all the recovery behaviors we're striving to attain, loving ourselves may be the most difficult and the most important. If we are habitually harsh and critical towards ourselves, learning to be gentle with ourselves may require dedicated effort. Yeah, this is not hard work, but what a valuable venture. By not liking ourselves, we may be perpetuating the discounting neglect or abuse we received in childhood from the important people in our life. We didn't like what happened then, but find ourselves copying those who mistreated us by treating ourselves poorly. We essentially become our own perpetrators. 
And another great passage that I read was a victim is not as helpless as they think they are. Back to the reading. We can stop the pattern. We can begin by giving ourselves the loving, respectful treatment we deserve. Instead of criticizing ourselves, we can tell ourselves we performed well enough. We can wake up in the middle in the morning and tell ourselves we deserve a good day. We can make a commitment to take good care of ourselves throughout the day. Yeah, and instead of adding things in like the self-improvement, what could I take away? We can recognize that we are deserving of love. What can I delegate to? We, you know, especially with ADHD too. We, how can I work on my strengths? This is what I love about recovery is my story, my questions change. And I think Tony Robbins said, change the quality of your questions, change your life. We can make a commitment and take good care of ourselves throughout the day. We can recognize that we are deserving of love. We can do loving things for ourselves. We can, other, we can love other people and let them love us. People who truly love themselves do not become destructively self-centered. They do not abuse others. They do not stop growing and changing. People who love themselves well learn to love others well, too. They continually grow into healthier people, learning that their love was appropriately placed. Today, I will love myself. If I get caught in the old pattern of not liking myself, I will find a way to get out. And the next reading now comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Authority Figures. We realize that life today really is different than when we were children without a voice. It's like, get a new parent, get a new coach, you know? And that's, I think a lot of times when the higher power, to me, that's just something inside. I think I need to read and really define that. It's one of the more important parts of the program. The authority figures we grew up with were scary. They got angry when anyone questioned or challenged them. Yes, that was definitely the case in, in the house. There didn't seem to be any logic to it, so we did what we could to avoid having the anger directed at us. Hide it. As adults, we often felt our boss's behavior resembled that of our parents. It's funny because the last two haven't, and I've thought they have. The potential authority they wielded made us feel like that little kid again. We avoided asking for help because we expected to be belittled. From our experience and that of our friends, that was a very real fear, you know, I think to have compassion. Because like our parents, many bosses are good at pouncing on the weak. Bullies. So rather than risk confrontation, and because we become adept at figuring things out for ourselves as children, we decided that the way to survive at work, that was the way. It was exhausting. We realized early in recovery that we wanted and needed to find our voice, but the stakes seemed too high to experiment at work. So we role-played situations with our fellow travelers. We practiced what we could say or what we might have said. We gradually started to gain confidence. And when the time was right, we spoke up. The elation we felt when it worked was indescribable. We were becoming who we knew we could be. We were making a difference to ourselves. On this day, I will practice finding my voice with someone in the program. I trust so when the time comes, I'll be ready to speak for myself. And the final reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is dissociation. Because we shut out our parents when we were children, we tend to shut out people as adults. More hiding. Man, it's just, it, it, it all comes down to that. Surviving childhood in a dysfunctional household requires many of us to use a number of coping mechanisms to maintain any semblance of sanity. This is why I have such an issue with the character defects. One was our ability, you know, I'm never going to call it that anymore. That's one amends to myself. One was our ability to dissociate, separate mentally or emotionally from what was happening around us or to us. 
Although dissociation helped us survive then, as adults, it closes off from the possibility of having healthy relationships. Sometimes fear of rejection motivates us to dissociate. So we distract ourselves because if we don't feel, then we hope we won't experience any pain. But dissociation also deprives us of healthy joy. Sometimes our hypervigilance causes us to constantly monitor our surroundings for signs of trickery or slights, but can also deprive us of the opportunity to make good friends. Wow. With these dysfunctional filters, we can misread the words or actions of others as an assault, something causing us to become defensive, go on the offensive, and shut down completely. In ACA, as we peel back the layers of our childhood survival traits, we learn to sort out what no longer works in our adult lives. We leave behind traits that no longer serve us. We gratefully see how this program gives us strength, the change, and the courage to be open to others. We no longer wish to be alone. On this day, I will be kind to myself. If I find myself dissociating, I will be open to people and new experiences. And that concludes today's re readings from Recovering My Inner Child. What readings? Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to love myself, to pause, because that's where my higher power is, to be still and know, to don't just do something, sit there, and there is no healing without feeling.